I'm Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Air at Five, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. silence that's a wonderful question welcome to the high tech podcast uh by myself josh and will your co-hosts uh we are the co-hosts and the high tech podcast i don't you know i don't know why i'm like giving a new introduction <laughs> with like you know for you first time listener out there i know you're somewhere okay uh my name is josh in, in madison will. wisconsin yeah with madison wisconsin i don't know i just a choice just, i'm yeah. gonna go with iceland okay new listener in iceland welcome okay um welcome you know anyway super excited another week of the high tech podcast with some great topics and things coming up in season three um yeah welcome everybody yeah how you doing well yeah. i'm doing pretty good you know yeah. it's it's a tuesday we're done with the work day or whatever day nice. you're listening to the podcast it's yeah. our tuesday it's your it's tuesday, tuesday and my it's tuesday fine. at the moment yeah it's fine yeah yeah but yeah. yeah we're just we're good i'm feeling a little um unmotivated at the moment it's been a pretty unmotivated pretty slow uh, time that must be that must be tough we should if, you know you know what we should do we should talk about motivation if only let's, we had an idea about yeah, what we could do well, differently let's scrap the topic we were going to talk about which <sighs> is this the golden key to solving all education problems and yeah, let's we'll just put that one on over, the back burner. Yeah, we'll put that one. That's a season four problem. <laughs> um, you know, let's let's talk about motivation. Okay, obviously, you know, we're being dumb. Um, we're talking about motivation theory in this episode. Uh, and actually, the next one is a two-parter. Um, <laughs> we are we are jumping into. We're excited to talk about that. Um, before we do though, just a reminder. You know, find us on the internet uh, if you haven't already. You know. We have not uh, yet gotten we, to vinyl, but when we get to vinyl, we will let you know. So I'm, I'm until then, yeah. find us all, on the internet. We all know that listening to us on the vinyl was the important part. Like somewhere, <laughs> somewhere is like, man, if I could just wish to listen to my podcast <laughs> on my record player, you know, I'm sure the audio would be so much crisper. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't uh, know how that works. It's um, killing me. Yeah, final high tech podcast. It'll be our Christmas album. It'll just be me and Will yes. saying Merry Christmas over and over again. Um <laughs> always wanted it. to do a always wanted to do a Christmas album. Anyway, um, yeah, remember, check us out online at high tech podcast. You can find us on Twitter or YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube already, socials are down here. Subscribe to us. Um or check out our website uh at uh, hightechpod.us. Um that's it. That's all we're gonna say. Okay, motivation. Let's talk about motivation. Anybody having problems motivating their students? Never. No faculty Never, deal right? with that. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was expecting answers, people. You didn't answer. That's weird. Yeah. Where uh, are you, everyone? Where Where's are the you? round of the, live... the applause? You know? oh, yeah. Live session. Anyway. Okay. If only. I have bad jokes. I have bad jokes tonight. I got to yeah. be honest. Take, take a nap. I'll, 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 I'll get us in here. <laughs> 
I had a faculty member once come to me and actually address this issue more at like a persistence level. Like I can't get students to make it into week two and three of the course. Mm. Um, and that was one of those things that we addressed. Like persistence comes to a lot of different issues. So it's not the issue of this episode, but motivation is one of the issues in persistence. Like have you accurately identified or or at least moderately pinpointed what your students are interested in when you're talking about your subject matter, right? Like if we opened up our episode or our class on tanks, we clearly know that everyone who attended would be interested, right? Oh, clearly there is there anybody not walking into a tanks class going, I am incredibly motivated to learn. The hands are up the entire time. Yeah, clearly yeah, they're trying to like come down to the I, front I, of the room. You motivate people in a tanks class, you know, you take them outside, you put them in front of a tank. Okay, and you shoot that tank just very close to them. Okay. Oh gosh. Like that's <laughs> no no violence. We're not killing anybody. Okay, but we're just reminding them. We're just gonna let them tank, see it fire. That you could kill them. Okay, and then <laughs> during the class, you. <laughs> I think that's emotional abuse, and it doesn't have to be physical violence to Listen, be wrong. You know, these are perspectives. Um, you know, we're just this is an open safe zone. The high tech podcast yes, no. where there's no the bad idea is your class is not <laughs> okay. That's fine. Uh, we'll figure it out. No, yeah, I mean, like, okay, this is a comment. This is, a, I think, a topic that's popular to talk about. I, I laugh about this topic a little bit too because, like, it's we all want our students to be motivated when we're trying to teach them. At least I hope we do. Some of you might be like, I don't care if they're motivated. They just need to listen to me. Um, yeah. and that's a, if I start talking, problem. they'll be listening, right? Yeah. Yeah, all of us all of us want them to actually be motivated and interested in what we're doing. And I think there's a lot of good research and stuff to show that, like, okay, actual motivation is better than just, like, wanting to get good grades. Like, there's – yeah, we want to we get to what motivates our students so we can leverage that to create good learning, right? And so I think that's part of the reason we wanted to talk about this is, like, what – what is motivation theory? Like we'll talk about a little bit about what motivation theory is and kind of how that should impact what we do in the classroom versus also like what we design, things like that. We're gonna talk about that a little bit in the part two. Um, but I think the kind of the question is like, how do we get our students motivated in our classrooms um, to yeah. engage in both stuff that's happening in the classrooms and the activities we're asking them to do? Um, we just don't, we, I think most teachers professors would agree we don't people we don't want people phoning it in right like we we all know that paper we've read where we're like this person didn't care um like, no yeah you know it's, it never happens it doesn't happen in my classes clearly uh <laughs> they're always super motivated clearly. um but yeah i don't yeah. know so like so i know when we were talking about this you were kind of listening out some stuff you were thinking about about like we're talking about how to motivate students what's some of the theory i think the question for this episode right is what's some of the theory that's out there? What are people saying about how we motivate people, right? Yep, yep. Well, and, and, and the very basic distinction that almost everyone knows, I'll be honest, I was trying to Google here to see if there was a name, an initial name is associated with it. And there's actually just lots of citations. And it's a just, I think this is more held as a, a psychological fact uh, yeah. that motivation is broken up into intrinsic and extrinsic uh, factors. What you were discussing about grades and stuff like that, extrinsic factor. That's something mm -hmm. uh, external, outside of, um, not generated in the person. 
that could be a motivator. So food is an extrinsic grades, extrinsic, mm. even um, the temperature of the classroom can be an extrinsic factor in motivation while uh, goals, um, skills, passions, artistic abilities, those things might be intrinsic motivators, internal. They start with the person who has them. Um, and they can be, again, harnessed. If if it, it, the, the hard part right, is if it's intrinsic, it's inside. You can't know it's there unless you ask the student or have them do something to demonstrate that intrinsic mm-hmm. motivation. Uh, whereas extrinsics, right, we can try extrinsic motivations all all day. I, I have the control to put those into the student's environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I don't think that there's one specific name there. There of course is a lot of work coming from, you know, Abraham Maslow, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs that starts a lot of this motivational theory, but it, this is just my ignorance. I'm not finding anything quickly. I don't see a name like, you know, William James, father of modern psychology. There's not a name like that for me at the moment, yeah. in, intrinsic, extrinsic. And that's, if you're listening, if you're listening to this episode and you know, who started the intrinsic, intrinsic motivation ideas, um, you know, hit us up on Twitter and let us know. Correct Will and I. For yes. right now, I'm gonna say it was Scooby, you know? Like I think Ooh, okay. I don't know, you know, I don't know. Yes, we'll just play we'll play guesses. I will. Um I do think that's an important distinction, right? When we're talking about motivation, it's it's a complex topic. Uh, but I think we've tried to kind of term those two things, and I think that it holds up in theory that like, okay, obviously there's external things that are motivating people, like we've talked about, like grades. Um food you know motivation i'm not saying starve your students uh, but just <laughs> say but if like, they are starving it's something to be aware of it is aware of um like actually good example like i'm making a joke about this but like um, um intrinsic motivation working in the negative um those of you who have those classes right before lunch and people are super hungry that's a motivation of why they're not paying attention to you and they're unmotivated in your class because there's right. another more powerful intrinsic or extrinsic motivation uh motivating them which is they're hungry uh so they don't care anymore about anything you're saying um <laughs> they have checked <laughs> out unless you are a sandwich that's talking there's not they're not listening oh my gosh um, now i'm just imagining like it's just a, a, a sandwich tomato? that'd be cool yeah um yeah. that's not a thing to say put on a sandwich costume to motivate your students during lunch but <laughs> um <laughs> I'm pretty sure that might negatively impact it. I don't know. I pay to see it. Um, Anyway, like, so I think it's important. I think, is it safe to say what a lot of people are trying to get to? um, And honestly, I think is the more, you know, pack for punch, but also the harder thing to understand is like, how do we intrinsically motivate students? Absolutely. Right. Because I feel like we've tried extrinsic ideas, right? Like throwing grades or, um, you know, we're not going to get too deep into this because we already made fun of it in our game-based learning series. Um, but uh, badges, um, right, this is how right. we ended up with badges for everything. And uh, we're convinced that that would motivate people. Uh, if you're interested in how much we dislike those, you can go check out uh, episodes 54 through 56. That's our gamification series. Um, and we talk about why we don't really like badging systems that much. Um, but uh, that part's easier. Like we can kind of like force motivation thing kind of like motivation models onto people um but uh intrinsic is harder but i think that's the thing really when we're talking about motivation theory we're aiming for it does that feel and 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 i agree with you as the target and that's where i was like trying to put some of the show notes together folks we actually 
did some research on ironically, not enough, but we did some research tonight, making sure we had the right things to say. One of the things that I think is so important about that intrinsic thing and something to identify is it's so immediately tied to emotions and affect, right? Extrinsic things like I might think, you know, cognitively, like if I put grades on the line, they'll be interested in grades. Well, there might they might be cognitively want, you know, uh, A's in their classes. Right. But they might emotionally be depressed and not capable of doing that. Right. And so I, I like to see motivation as this culmination of emotions when it comes to the intrinsic experience. And what that means for us as instructors is identifying what motivations, what emotions are the learners dealing with that we need to activate to be able to reach them. That's why, you know, we we promised ourselves each other, it's a little bit of a pinky promise, not to get into game and game theory tonight, video <laughs> gaming and stuff. But that's part of why that does work. The emotional response to video games is fun. The emotional response to eating is satisfaction. Uh, the emotional response to an A plus is is satisfaction as well. Maybe joy, right? Maybe um, maybe some people are upset they didn't get the A plus plus. Maybe that maybe there's some sadness in the react. But like that that's I think what I like to drive at when I think about these intrinsic things. I love the theory of motivation. I love that it's an important aspect of designing learning and making learning stick with our learners. I've always felt that the reason I've been a successful learner. Um, and, and, and I, folks, I've, I did the four O in high school, three nine, nine in, in college undergrad four mm-hmm. O in, in master's degree. Yeah. I know. Right. I really, yeah. shut, I did that cause I was motivated. I, I'm, I don't consider myself to be a genius. I don't, I don't, cannot recall everything I've learned. It's not an eidetic uh, memory. Like I have forgotten as much as I've learned, but I was motivated to get that a, and that worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody. What it what it activated in me was pride. It activated in me um, some joy. I liked most of my learning. You know what I mean? Like there's emotions I could tie that back to that I really think if we could find those in our learners, understanding the intrinsic motivators and, and the, the emotions that are attached to them, we might be able to better activate their the longevity of their learning their interest in learning. Does this, does that resonate with you? Like, do you, can you think of the the times where you were motivated? What got you motivated? Yeah. I mean, like, so like, I mean, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but my context, right. is like high school. Um, (laughs) I was not a (laughs) 4.0. That was was an amazing laugh. I know you don't smoke, but that was like a smoker's laugh. (laughs) um, that, That was the opposite. Like I, like, you know, like if your house was on fire, and you like there's a guy who strategically escaped the fire without being burnt at all and then there's a guy who like just was on fire and made it out the door with time that somebody like that was me in high school okay was like i got out of high school just like barely alive okay that was that was how it happened in fact i maybe wasn't convinced i was graduating for a few for a few months if my parents listen to that they don't really listen to this podcast um but i'm not even sure they know i forget if they knew that or not that i wasn't which, sure if uh, I was which graduate. episode is 87 and your mom and dad's names are uh <laughs> don't worry about it they're busy um anyway um so well, 15 minutes episode. into the episode 
that was my high school experience. Now, why was that my high school experience? Um, I could have cared less about anything I was learning in high school. I didn't like math. I didn't like, I did better in my history classes. And the main reason was I was super interested in like what happened in the past. Like that was honestly why I was good in my history classes. I was interested in the content I was learning about English. I did really well in the like reading side of things uh, because I was interested in the stories. And as Will already knows, um, the the conception of grammar for me um was like mm, i don't know that seems weird um that seems, that seems like the world's not gonna fall because i forgot that comma um, I, don't need- like, I don't need that um like speech classes i did really well in because i liked talking um huh what a thought you, uh, you know check out yeah, yeah yeah so anyway that's like high school experience right i wasn't super motivated i cared more about the music i was working on back then i cared i yeah. did much better in college um i think in two reasons one i cared about a lot of the content i was learning in college um mm. and two i had had like an experience where my whole band experience kind of fell apart and honestly i was just looking for a place that i could like not suck um and i think that pushed me to uh get serious about schooling and learning and and then i found out that honestly i wasn't actually that bad at it so i was like okay this isn't actually that difficult and i started getting interested in that in just learning new stuff like in kind of pushing i think i had found an area in my life that didn't work and i felt like i was stuck so i wanted to learn more and that yeah. pushed me into college, which eventually got to college topics that I actually cared about. It was already passionate about. And so then that pushed that me helps. to want to learn everything I could about those topics. For instance, my lowest college grade um, was tennis and bowling. You want to know why? <laughs> I didn't give a crap about tennis and bowling. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. But all of like my, my theology stuff I was learning, interpretive stuff, even even like more basic courses. Like I was, I was listening to those because I was learning skills that and learning yeah. new ideas and concepts that uh, I felt like were growing me as a person. Yeah. Um, and so that's what motivated me. Right. And I think that's part of the reason why like Will and I like are not that we were like, we're not perfect students by any means uh, at all. Uh, we did a lot of stuff, but I feel like we did well in our classes and we were a student who engaged with our instructors a lot. Uh, you you more than anybody else um but like i did too like i remember meeting with instructors like i was a student who wanted to talk with my instructors outside of class i was yeah didn't and, you have like a weekly one-on-one with the one professor yeah who did i did our, for a while yeah for a long um, time yeah yeah and uh so like we engaged a lot with the professors and i feel like that was because we were motivated to both there was a little part of us that liked winning (laughs) we liked being at the top of the class Uh, um and there was also a little part of us that just we we liked the content we wanted to learn more and so that i think motivated absolutely right and so i think it's important to remember all of that because i think a lot of times as professors we can look at students and go oh they're doing what really well uh like i struggle with the professors are like oh they're doing really well because man they're just they're getting it you know they they know it this student just is not getting it well there might be a motivation there's most likely a motivation issue right right uh there might be something that's not engaging them in that in that area or they'll look at a student and go man they're just a poor student well, well and, and there's like there's you know two what's, things... what's the motivation behind why they're doing what they're doing there are two things that could be happening with that student and i think that's why i love this conversation right there's 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 a thousand things but like two things that stand out in research are that they may not be 
able to affectively, you know, emotionally connect with the context. Like they're not interested. They're just not interested. And or they're not interested in you, right? There's always that opportunity where they're like, like the content, but can't vibe with you or they like you, but can't vibe with the content. That could be the breakdown. The other element to it, besides an emotional response is it could just be a, a difficulty. And this is where, mm-hmm. um, Crashen's theory of I plus one comes into motivation that, I, that I've always loved this. I mean, when the first time I heard it, I was like, Oh, that's video games. Uh, but also in general, like that's how I think we need to be, aware of students who are struggling if we can get them to sit down with us and if they won't sit down with us that's usually because there's some sort of like emotional slash social issues that they're dealing with or you're the problem they don't like you right but if it's if it's not you if it's not their thing they might sit down with us one of those first questions should be is this too hard are you do you you know can you connect with me for like the, the first three or five minutes but then i lose you after that like some students don't have the foundational knowledge they need to be successful for your level of content and so crashin's i plus one theory is identifying where the student is i and giving them one plus whatever that is plus one level over that in difficulty the problem is if you're teaching 40 students, there is no scalable, consistent way for you to know where they all are. So, so yeah. in many ways, when we were designing courses, even as instructional designers, you know, we do analysis and we're like, oh, your students are second year students and this is what they're dealing with. Uh, 60, 40, 70, 30, maybe like yeah. we're going to miss folks, right? There's going to be some first yeah, year yeah. students made it in. There's going to be some fourth year students taking it again. There's, there's all sorts of things that happen just like that, but the student may not as be, um, informed on your subject matter. And so when you think that you've designed the course to take everybody as a second year student plus one, that first year student in there, it's like plus four. It's just too hard. Yeah. And that's a that's 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 like you and I both know, right? Like that happens. Oh, yeah. The students end oh, up in courses they're not supposed sure. to be in all the time. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And it, like I think it's important to remember those pieces. I think you're getting to an important point too. This isn't just like getting to like because I think sometimes we talk about motivation. I can already hear like the, the certain professors I know in my head who are like, oh, you know, I don't, you know, this is I don't care about, you know, there. This is all too emotional, right? Like the, you know, we're just you know, we're learning content, but some of motivation also is like difficulty level, understanding where the student is at and that stuff will help either motivate or demotivate somebody to engage with your content. Okay. Like put it in practical terms that a lot of us realize today, like, has there been that task all week that you're ignoring? Um, <laughs> because you know, it's complicated. Have you seen my task board? What are you doing? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I have, I have one right now, right? Like, so I have like a, a course of content I'm trying to get through to upscale some stuff we're working on. And it's just, there's so much to it and I probably shouldn't be doing it right now, but I'm trying and I'm like, there's, I'm so unmotivated to get to it. (laughs) I know I'm not going to like get it done right away. Right. And so it pushes like that difficulty level can demotivate, demotivate us to engage with things. And somebody would say, oh, well, you know, that's a character issue. You know, they should deal with it. Like if we're overwhelmed or we, uh, something seems hard, our natural reaction is to avoid it. And that's not to say take your course content and make it less hard. It's to say that if that's a motivating issue, like the student's overwhelmed or it's just, it's too difficult for them. That's 
if our goal is not just to impart knowledge, but our goal is to actually help people learn, we need to understand what's stopping them from engaging with the learning and try to find ways to lessen those barriers. And so it's not make your course content easier, but it might be, how can I help the students see more achievable options like into getting in or how can I help give them things that'll help get them to a better level of understanding um, or where they are. Right. And And that's still scaffolding. Yeah. It's scaffolding. (laughs) And we'll talk more about that in the part two here. We talk about design, but um, it's a reason I think you and I keep coming back to games when we talk about this stuff. Um, I'm going to do it one more time, even though we promised ourselves we weren't going to. <laughs> um, is because games are like a practical example of this. Like, Very. if game, if a game is like insanely too hard for people, like there's, I, I don't want to be a game designer because that's got to be very difficult. If a game is way oh, too easy, yeah. we don't want to engage, and we have that problem. Students who are like, your course is just way too easy. I'm not motivated. Yeah. Like, I don't care because this I heard about this a game a- that was only supposed to take 10 hours. A very, very popular game. I mean, like mm-hmm. my my wife wanted it. I was like, it's oh, got to buy this game. I'm like, it only takes 10 hours to beat. Like, I don't. Why would yeah, I want to play that? What's the point? Like that to yeah. me, I want to sink 60 hours, 100 hours into a game and enjoy every hour of it. But like, but the game ended up being fun. I have played it. It's it's worth it. But like that that approach of like, hey, this might be too simple is just as important as this might be too hard. Like that. Yeah, that exactly. A, and a then the, the too hard side of it is right. Like I play games where like I literally can't like I I it gets me so angry. I want to throw something. Dark Souls. Yes. OK. Um, anybody <laughs> listen to games. These are these are re- these are real <laughs> games. Um, and the part of that is because it's just it's it's you don't want to feel that way. So right. like, that's the same thing with education. Imagine that student in your course who every time they're trying to engage with this paper, they just, it's not that they don't care. It's that they're trying to do it and they feel like they just can't get it. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, what's the point of them trying anymore? Like, that's what they're going to feel like. Like, I might as well just not engage with this. So it's and then they don't come to your class pieces. anymore. Yeah. They don't come to your class anymore. They don't show up. They don't. I, I think part of the reason to talk about motivation theory is not just like, how do we motivate people to be in our classes, but to understand that there are motivations behind each of the decisions your students are doing. And it's not always just because they're lazy and they don't yeah. want to be a part of your course. Sometimes there's outside reasons we don't know about. Sometimes there's internal reasons. Sometimes it has to do with the course itself or the teaching. Um, but it's, it's up to us as teachers to try to figure that out and to work with our students to un- try to understand what's motivating them. And we can't solve all the problems, but we can at least find, areas where we might be able to help or we might be able to, you know, motivate students more in what we're doing. And that's the justification for this two parter, right? Folks like identifying in this episode, what are the things to think about? What are the the possible considerations in motivation? What is happening with your students, both in their heads and what we might, might say is in their hearts. Right. But the next episode, we intend to dig into a couple of ways to do this. Like, what do we do mm-hmm. to design motivation into our learning activities? Is there something you can do when you start an activity or when you start a lecture that will help you identify where your students are or help them identify for themselves where they are? Because this doesn't have to be all on us. It is not our job to fix broken students, quote unquote, like I, I, please don't take me the wrong way there, but like we are here to identify ways we can improve our teaching practices to reach as many students as we can, which isn't all of them. It never will be all of them. Um, One of the, one of the big elements of this that I think we've spoken to, but I just 
drop some final points of research on here. Um, self-determination theory was a big movement into the, uh, the seventies coming into the eighties. It's been a big point for, uh, where we are today. It's kind of the response to the behaviorism of the old theories. Like if I just give them rewards that will drive them towards the good things. Hmm. Um, so self-determination theory specifically tries to identify what we need to know of ourselves, what we need to know of how we are motivated to drive ourselves to to become self-determined, right? So um, one of the articles that brought this to light for me in my, my graduate studies was actually by Nesbitt in 2012. The title of that article is The Role of Self-Reflection, Emotional Management of Feedback, and Self-Regulation Processes in Self-Directed Leadership Development. As a mouthful, I love academic titles because they're useless. Oh, the small words. But small words. <laughs> notice in there self-reflection, emotional management, self-regulation. These ideas that we need to be, we need to help our students identify the, the uh, self-awareness, identifying themselves the good things. Because at the end of the day, even if they have intrinsic motivators we can use, if they can't communicate them, or if they're not aware of them to communicate them, we're no better off. So there's there's a give and take, and there's a whole thing. I think this is why it's such an important field. We as professors are the front line of it, but there's a whole college that comes around these students that hopefully should be building them up to make them able to do this. That's why the college experience is so important, in my opinion. You and I were buddies in the dorm who shared jokes, who shared notes, who went to classes together. And some of that alone continued to motivate us, right? Like we had somebody shoulder to shoulder with us yeah. um, who was just as interested or interested in different ways that could push us forward. That's one thing that helped me identify the things I like to learn about and help me know what you like to learn about. If we didn't have each other, didn't have that college experience, if we didn't have, and sometimes it's even just counseling and emotional support, right, in in, uh, in college experiences, we might not get our students to drive towards these internal things that they need to understand about themselves to help them learn the external stuff. I, I, I see it in um, younger folks that I, I'm a, like some cousins and some some family friends and stuff like that. They There's just no self-awareness yet. And it's okay for a 15 to 16 year old. That's part of their growing up. But I am concerned, you know, that that doesn't, when, when does that um, stop? When do these people start to come into their self-awareness and be able to motivate themselves to show up to class on time, to take notes, to try a different style of note taking, to ask for help. To These are all things that tie into motivation that we are not responsible for as the instructors, as the instructional designers, but are critical elements of getting our students motivated to learn in uh, in our online classes, in our face-to-face -face classes. It's critical. Yeah. Well, I think that's a lot of motivation theory. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think let's, let's leave it at that. Part two, we'll talk more about like how do we actually – uh, design this into some of our courses because I think this is a two two parter in that one we got to understand what we're looking for, understand how we engage with our students, try to understand them more, um, and I think be more gracious in that area, like getting that students there. It's not all just because they don't like you or the class; it's because of different motivations, it's different 
pieces why students do different things. Um, but then there's also this other side of the coin to motivation theory about, okay, how do we actually moat through design, design a course and assessments to actually encourage motivation? Um, I want to say encourage because we can never design to just automatically have motivation. There's always going to be that student who just isn't motivated in the topic at all or anything we're talking about. Uh, and so some of the design that we're doing just isn't going to work. Um, but yeah. it will, I think, help encourage us motivation in uh, a lot of students if we do it the right way. So we want to talk a little bit about that um, next episode. But before we do that, this is the high tech podcast. We always Let's talk about techie. it. We always, we always get techie on this on this podcast. Um, and I will say one of the things that motivates me to get things done, Will, is a checkbox. I gotta be honest, okay? There oh is a gosh. there is a there is a feeling when you're yep. like it's gone. Like let's be honest, half the stuff I set up in my own notion system um are just to make me feel good about things being done. Um like that's well and if you want the check boxes, the check box of all check boxes, our app this week, Asana, has tried to make it even better. Okay, yeah. have you have you used Asana at all or recently? Yeah, so I mean, I played around with it not recently. So for all okay. you know, transparency sake here, Will is much more familiar with Asana than I am. Which yeah. some of you who have just been recently listening to the podcast, listen to me, are like, "Whoa, wait, what now?" I thought Josh was the obsessed project management person. I am. He okay? is. He is. <laughs> I looked at Asana and chose um, to to go to to go somewhere else. Um, but that's not because I didn't like Asana. Um, I do actually like Asana. Um, it's just uh, it just didn't fit the needs personally that I wanted, and our team went with something else. Um, and 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 to me, this is like picking a notebook, right? Like if yeah. I want the leather bound, you might want the ring binder. It's okay. We yeah. all want different notebooks. It's fine. Asana has a a like beta or whatever some just fun feature that when you check boxes unicorns oh, right. run across this. your screen and it's not just unicorns sometimes it's a narwhal sometimes like it's just it's funny it's cute it's beautiful but like it's one of those moments like oh yeah i love checking off a box and you check a box you're like oh yes i do love the checking off the box it's so cute it just flies across your screen brings a little bit of joy into your life so it's not just checking the box in asana it's it's releasing the narwhal it's releasing the unicorn for a little extra delight um i use asana in a professional capacity so it is something i use for work that does mean we have premium features um you do not have to do it that way josh and i when we were looking this up originally uh did check the pricing and of course now i don't have it off the top of my head but that's it. something we'll make sure we have. Um, um, no, real quick. I have it. Uh, so there's a free basic plan. So I think we're perfect. talking about, but as we start to get into features, I think it'd be helpful just to know like what, what's actually available. So yep. the reason actually I'm impressed with Asana is because their basic plan that's free has gotten a lot better since when I looked at it last time. Um, yeah. So like you still get like unlimited tasks. You can set up a uh, bunch of projects with, you know, task lists and, different board views um, and a calendar view. If you like looking at calendars, you can actually invite other people in. You can have 15 people in yep. your stuff up to the free version. Um, you can, they have a bunch of integrations with a ton of different apps. So if you're using like note apps and stuff, most likely they integrate with Asana in some way. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, there's just, there's file storage, activity logs. There's, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I think the biggest thing is like, if we're talking about this, from a personal management side. Although if you're looking at this for teams, Asana is a great 
uh, project management tool if you're looking for this like for a department that you're working in or whatever it may be. Uh, but I think part of the point of this um, is that as an educator or somebody working in education or designing courses, if you're an ID, we all have a ton of different like competing priorities that we're working on from building out lesson plans to courses to project managing designs for courses if you're a designer. All of that stuff, um, you need to track it somewhere. And so Asana is a great tool for that. So their basic plan could help you do all of that stuff. And then they they do have like a premium plan that's like 11 bucks a month-ish um, and 25. It looks like they got some other stuff. And I think they have some like, they have a student plan, if I'm right. Yeah, so students, and this is one of those things to confirm. Um, we are going to just nail the logistics here and then I'll get into like why I love using it yeah. and what it can do for you. Um, students actually one-on-one can have a free Asana account. So it's like a little bit premier premium. It's got a little more functionality. I don't think it's like pro pro, but it is better than the just free account. So as a student dot edu account, you're getting there free. It is not free to use with like an institution, right? So a faculty member might be able to get a free account with their edu account. Um, but they, it will not be set up where you could run your class in it, right? You're not gonna be able to get like. 40 50 100 students in there it will be yeah. still limited probably with the free and I, um i wouldn't necessarily use asana for something like that anyway i think anything we're talking right. about for asana i i wouldn't use this to like track deadlines with your students like i i would use yep. this yep i think we're talking about this at a personal level or if you're a team of people whether you're an academic department or you whatever, can have students do it for like progress on work you could have students do it for like a project you know, That's like your, I mean, yeah. your groups of groups of five students, like I want you to track your project from the beginning of the semester to the end of the semester or something. Yeah, and that could be true. a very um, that could be an authentic experience if you're having students work in marketing or some of these um, more corporate leaning positions where they might use Asana. Like that's a that's a pretty good option. But um, it is free for general use. It is free for students and edu accounts. You're not going to get the bigger, broader accounts that way. But what the big thing is that you get with the free is just general task management, general project management. What I love about it from my work standpoint and from the broader standpoint, of the product is that it does have functionality for like huge projects, like, like projects where you have milestones, milestones where you have projects in the milestones projects where you have to, yeah tasks inside the milestones inside the projects inside the tasks like if you are trying to build a company asana has the layers you need to track everything that has to get done and it can build dependencies so if something's blocking another task or another project you can make those correlations that like it's visible on the timeline like we cannot move with q2 in this project until we finish this project in q1 like it got some really good um, features that way. And, and so like at a free level, it's task management, it's project management. But once you've paid up, once you're using that premium, um, you can just, you can do everything you need to. And then the reporting, I can't say it's the most robust reporting. Like everybody still in corporate takes their reporting over to Tableau if they really need to do like big stuff, but they have pie graphs. They have some basic burn charts. They have stuff like that, where you're looking at your work over time, um, which is important for folks who are considering like legitimate agile or scrum uh, um, project management. Like they have the tools you need to get going with those kinds of things. There's no point system. So far as I found, you could probably fake a point system because they allow custom fields. 
in premium. So you could add as many custom fields, uh, free text, drop downs, uh, number based calculations. Like there's a lot of options when it comes to building it out. I've turned it into a ticketing system. So I created a form. People submit the form. It adds a task. I get notified. Boom. I've got a ticket system for my learning management system. You know what I mean? Like it's not just, hey, I want to write a book. Let me write up a plan to write my book. It's it's everything from task management, ticketing, troubleshooting. Uh, we're doing all of our project planning in there. So we've got Q1, Q2, Q3, all four quarters for this year. And in each quarter, all of the programs we're expecting to do. And in each of those programs, all the, the projects to get those programs completed. And each of those projects, all the tasks assigned to the different personnel. So it's it's pretty robust. I, I love using it. It's got dark mode. I think it's dark by default. So that's you know, a big win for those of us who look at screens all day um, and rainbows. Like who can complain about rainbows <laughs> with unicorns and narwhals? Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. all in when it comes to Asana. It's got good stuff. It's a cool tool. Um, and if you didn't know half the project management stuff that uh, Will said, uh, like uh, points and things like that, just ignore it. You don't need to worry about those things. Um, so fine. So fine. I would say if you're interested about more project management stuff, you need to go watch the video Josh did on para his para project true. planning methodology that, on our YouTube and on our, our, our website. To the normal, the normal person, um, the, the points system. I don't talk anything about agile no, story no, points. No, no. But so, para is a nice, um, it's is a good. very easy yeah. and approachable easy methodology. You could it apply would be very in easy to do in Asana. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a very cool tool. I would say check it out. It's just Asana.com. And because it's free, you can jump in and start playing around with stuff. You don't have to get super complicated from the beginning. Yeah, there's file limitations on free. So you're not going to like, don't don't think about your, you know, having your students submit videos. To, like uh, That was one of those things when I was in instructional technology and instructional design, faculty were always talking to me like, so how can I get the students to submit really large files to me? Don't, if, don't. You're, if you're still asking that question, you're not using Google Drive or OneDrive through your institution, which should have nearly unlimited space, like... Asana is not your file transferring website, you know, Nearpod isn't, um, I mean, how many different things have I tr have people like, Hey, yeah, can I use this to like, no. And, 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 things. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. it's a, uh, it'll, it'll get your projects done. It'll let you do reporting on the other side of it. If you were to use that from year to year, uh, you could get kind of good data across your students across time. If you can find the right way to deliver it. Uh, if you're just using it for your own stuff, you'll just be more efficient and have more reporting on how well you're doing at the work that you're doing. So yep. that's Asana, folks. All right. This is episode one of Motivations. Episode two is next week. Episode 88. Wow. I like I like eights. I like eight, eight. That's fun. Yeah, um, that's nice. We're going to jump back into it. Josh takes the lead with this episode on designing motivation. I don't know how he's going to title it or wants to title it, but that'll come for uh. us. And yeah. uh, we're going to look nervous. at it. I'm supposed to take the lead on it. Uh, well, yeah. I, you, yeah. you did research. I did research. You know, it's yeah, just, it'll be fine. It's, yeah. um, and, and then the app next week is going to be a, a presentation tool called Sutori. So make sure you tune in. Find us on Twitter uh, and YouTube at High Tech Podcast. Email us at inbox at hightechpod.us. Go to our website, hightechpod.us for all of our episodes. Every yeah. single one has a page just like this one today. Going to have yeah, some information if you're watching on the video. on how to get started down here yeah just look or, at the social you right there if you're not watching the video there. that's fine but what are you doing go to youtube go watch the exactly. video uh you know see our pretty faces all right folks 
Thank you again for joining us for another week of the High Tech Podcast as we continue to look at what it looks like to harness any technology in motivating our students, whether in the classroom or online or in person or hybrid or wherever the heck they are. Until next week, see ya. See ya.